When Hashem offered us the Torah, we declared Nasev Nishma, yes, let's do it. And afterwards, we'll investigate all the meanings behind the mitzvahs. Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Today we are on page 30, Daf Lamed in Tractate Megillah. And we ask, why then, when it comes to the mitzvah of Purim, do we first read Zachor, thinking about the theological context of Purim, and only afterwards do we party and celebrate? My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Let me tell you a story. The author of L'Chadodi, Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kabetz, was a disciple of Rabbi Yosef Karo long before they made the great journey from Turkey to Tzfas. One Shavuos, they decided to, oh, to honor the Kabbalistic practice of staying up all night learning Torah. From dusk to dawn, not an idle word was uttered and their lips never ceased from the sweet words of Torah. Their goal was to review the entire written Torah and oral Torah, and by midnight, they'd already covered two orders of the Mishnah. Suddenly... From Rabbi Karo's mouth, an angel began to speak. Listen, my beloved friends, came the heavenly voice. You're very careful in your mitzvahs, peace unto you. You are praiseworthy and your parents are praised. You are fortunate in this world and fortunate in the world to come. The words of your Torah have pierced the very heavens, ascending directly to the Almighty. All the angels are silent, as the Holy One, blessed be he, is attentive to your voices. You shall now ascend to the land of Israel, where you partake of the Holy Land's bounty. And on that night, the holy gathering repaired the breach that was caused when Bnei Israel did not arise with alacrity on the morning of the giving of the Torah. Says the Gemara, On the second, we read Zachor. It was stated with regard to when Purim occurs on a Friday, Rav said, The congregation advances the reading of the portion of Zachor to the previous Shabbos. And Shmuel said, They defer it to the Shabbos following Purim. Rav said they advance it in order that the observance of Purim should not precede the remembrance of Amalek. And Shmuel said they defer it. He would say to you, since there are the walled cities that observe Purim on the 15th, the observance and the remembrance come simultaneously. Let's analyze this Gemara. The Mishnah discusses the four special Shabbos Torah readings around Purim. On the second Shabbos, we read Zachar, which reminds us of our obligation to destroy Amalek. Amalek was the anti-Semitic ancestor of Haman, who first attempted to destroy our people when we left Egypt. His descendants have continued their attempts at our destruction throughout the generations. Consequently, Zachor is always read on the Shabbos prior to Purim to provide the background and context. According to Rav, Zachor is always read on the Shabbos before Purim, even if the festival falls on Friday, since the Megillah states, these days shall be remembered and performed. If we were to celebrate Purim and then subsequently read Zachar, the performance of the festival would precede the remembrance of the causal events and would run counter to the order of the verse. But isn't that contrary to our general approach of Nasa Venishma? We take pride in our distinctive response to Hashem when He offered us the Torah. On that momentous occasion, we committed ourselves to the performance of His precepts prior to any intellectual inquiry. Why in this instance does Rav insist that the understanding precede our performance? The answer lies in the contrast between Nasa and Nishma. Nasa represents doing what is difficult. Nishma represents the contentment one feels when given the chance to come to terms with the actions. The principle of Nasa prior to Nishma means always tackling the tougher elements first. 
Success in life, whether spiritual or material, most often comes down to dealing with the difficult duties before engaging in the more palatable, agreeable experiences. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is the simple fact that some are willing to take the tough road while others seek the easy choices in life. Generally, when it comes to mitzvahs we don't understand, like keeping kosher or bris milah, our approach must be nasa venishma. We will perform the mitzvahs immediately, even though we don't comprehend their ultimate purpose. Only once we've accepted the challenge of mitzvah performance do we then start delving into the whys and wherefores in an effort to satisfy our intellectual curiosity. And even then, some mitzvahs will be more fathomable than others. But then we have certain mitzvahs that will require very little convincing. Those are the naturally exciting and enjoyable mitzvahs. Everyone loves doing Purim. We get dressed up, we have a big feast, we shake our graggers, we send gifts to one another. After all this, who would want to hear a Torah reading like Zachar that makes nearly incomprehensible theological demands on us? First, we must grapple with the implications of Purim, that antisemitism is a real and ever-present danger. And only after that can we celebrate the victory and miracle of our people's continued existence. The Nishma, in this case, poses a greater challenge than the Nasa, and therefore the remembrance must precede the performance. Only once we've faced our fears and insecurities have we earned the right to revel in the mitzvah. And that's true of many of our festivals. We love the Pesach Seder, but before we get to the fun bits, we need to spend weeks cleaning our homes, and even when we finally reach the Seder table, we need to sing for our supper. We spend so much time and effort investing in the narrative before we allow ourselves to feast. Same way, Sukkot is the time of our rejoicing. But first, we need to work for it. We need to build a Sukkah. And only then can we enjoy its shade. And even Shavuos isn't just about flowers and cheesecake. First, we need to stay up all night learning so we feel we have earned our joyful celebration of the Torah. In every field and endeavor throughout your life, your success depends on your willingness to tackle the big challenges head on, to feel the pain before the gain. If everything feels too easy to you, you need to ask yourself if you're avoiding the challenges. Each time you make a choice, every time you prioritize your tasks, ask yourself, which is the greater challenge? And that's the one you should aim to do first. Once you've tackled the challenging tasks, your long-term rewards are guaranteed to be far greater. May you forever have the courage to choose the path of most resistance. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.